to see where God's going so you know how to follow. Uh, I see uh, the results about cancer. In a very short time, we've had two stage four, uh, two stage four cancer going to remission. Yes. We have Michelle. Now we have, uh, what's her name? Robert Seal's wife. Linda. Linda. No one is doing it. God doing it. And we have to recognize where he's going. We follow. We follow. So to me, he's saying something to us. And we really need to pick it up and begin to go through. Now, Linda's case, you can talk to Irina. It was really bad. Very bad. It's a colon cancer. And, and I'm not sure the whole thing, but she was insistent. She heard it. She decided she was going to come here. They are friends. And we prayed for her, and we've never relented. They go back and forth. And so they total, completely gone. At that stage four. And you saw Michelle here too. Uh, when she came. And so we've seen a lot of healings here, but we never should take these things for granted. And the way God wants us to respond, when you see somebody outside, invite them. This is about life and death. They are very afraid. But your testimony to them, this is what we saw, what we heard. We know these individuals. They'll follow you. They don't have to be members of our church. Pastor Larry and I talked about that. We're not concerned about that. But they can go and testify that God heals. Uh, people are afraid of cancer. But we need to recognize that. Now, let me show you something God gave me some years ago. Uh, when I started ministry full-time, uh, God showed me something. which A preacher told me, if you say that in church, and those who are uh, theologians, the uh, Seasoned ministers, okay? I wasn't, I'm not sure if I'm saying that, seasoned minister. So don't say that. And he was very angry with me about saying this. And I said to him, I said it. If I said something wrong, how come God's healing them? This was in Florida. How come we got deaf ears opened? You're telling me I can't say this. But God gave that to me. It may not make sense to you. And I don't care what theologians think. I'm going to share this with people everywhere I go. And you know the scripture. And I believe this stuff for me came from God. And it goes for cancer as well. And God was like debating with me. And I remember my answer. It's like conversation. And God's basically asking me a question. He said, now, uh, Moses went before Pharaoh. Yeah. And he said, let my people go. God, you want me to tell you all the story? I know the story. And he says, okay, uh, and Pharaoh wouldn't do, do it. What did Moses do? He says, well, Moses cast his rod in the ground. What happened to it? And I said, well, sure. It turned into a snake. He says, was it real snake? Right? Was it a real snake? And I said, well, <laughs> I urged. The Bible says it's a real snake. The Bible says it's a snake. It's a snake. And then I got my answer right. He says, well, what happened after that? I said, well, the magicians, they threw their rods down. Got my answer right. And then the next question was hard. Did I do that? Okay. Everyone here? First, second question. Was it a real, were, were they real snakes? Real snakes? I said, sure. The Bible, it was hard this time. I, 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 I was nervous. Well, the Bible says they were real snakes from Pharaoh's magicians. And then the next question was, were they real snakes? Now, I got tears. <laughs> the Bible says they were real snakes, okay? So you ask. And then the next question was the most difficult. Did I do that? See, that's why your, your, your theology gets messy. Because... I wouldn't agree God was working with them. Right? God was not part of it. And then the whole question about Moses turning water into blood, and they did it. And he tells you, 
with their enchantments, right? He tells you, it's no, it's no lie about that. With their enchantments. And so my age, again, telling the Lord, well, I don't think he did that. And then it's like, that's gone. What happened then? So I'll tell you what, Moses is rod at all, I mean a snake, at all of them. And then what happened? And Moses took it by, took the rod, and it became a snake. And the question was, was Moses' rod fatter? Okay. Those guys went back home and without their staff. And I'm sure the wife says, Where is your staff? Go talk to Moses. He's got he's got my staff, every one of them. We're not told the number of magicians, right? We're not told. We're not told how many magicians did that. And they weren't probably ones with skinny stuff. You can't walk with the skinny So these are huge staffs and probably huge snakes. Then he told me clearly, cancer doesn't come from God. That's an aberrant cell. He's not part of the body. He came from somewhere else. And if you think Satan cannot do it, well, they did it in Egypt. And it was real. But the Holy Spirit, the staff of God, can go in and destroy every single one of them. And when it's over, it's like, you don't see any of it. That was the lesson, God. And, 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 and this church, the people accepted it. It was exciting for them. So they understand, and they got healed. The theologians say, you can't say that. I don't care what you say. God's com- Will God confirm a lie? I ask. Will God confirm a lie? I just told them a lie, something that they say, yeah, I understand where you're coming from, brother. Good luck. But you shouldn't be saying that. I'm not going to listen to you. I stay with what God says. Amen? That's why we should not have fear of disease. Any kind. Because God has given us the power over disease. Every one of us. Every single one of us. I have nothing to prove to anybody. I can heal. Many times we have meetings here. I pray with few people and I quit. And the prayer partners are doing the healing. I hear of it later. Takes nothing from me. He's the one doing it. We are working together. Hey. (laughs) God brought us together in ministry. If you can... Pass on what God is giving to you, to others, then you get multiplied people doing the work and the heavens to please. And that's what we are called to do. Amen? You have nothing to prove. I have nothing to prove to you. And if you think you have something to prove, you have a serious problem. Because it's now all about you. And this is not a humility talk. You understand what I'm saying? It's not a humility talk. It's the fact, the truth. What God has given to us. Until you take that challenge and begin to experiment, so to speak, you may never see a miracle. But try it. I believe this with all of my heart. When you start making up your mind to act on it, God is watching. He sees what you're thinking. He knows what you're thinking. And you are his child. He doesn't want to disappoint you. And most of the time, that thought didn't come from you. You think you're thinking. But it's coming from him because he wants to show you something new. Call to me and I will what? Show you great and mighty things that you didn't know before. So it's up to you to start calling. And this is not my message. I got my message different. (laughs) Okay, I have a message different from this. But I wanted to let you understand this. It's so important. You will get that thing, you have no fear. There's nothing God cannot do. I watched a video back in my office of some man, it seemed like they had removed his ribs to give him some room for his lungs to expand. And it seemed they were touches like hollow, just skin. And after prayer, he was strong. 
I told myself, God, I have a whole lot to learn. I haven't seen anything like this. This is incredible. But it helped my faith. Nothing is impossible with God. I know we talk about cancer and it's pretty frightening. Especially when they talk about stage 4 cancer. We're just like, oh my God. God is just the same as a little headache. And all he needs to do, needs you to do is to reach out. Even if you're not believing very well, you can say, God, I'm going to try, but please help my own belief. I believe. Amen? I really believe. And God will show up and will never disappoint you. Peter was not disappointed when he stepped on that water. And I know Jesus said, come. I know how humans behave. I know how we react. If, I, if he said, come, and I stepped on the water, and I sink just a little bit, I would turn around, get back in that boat. Because it's not working. It was solid. Not a split second. God wouldn't allow it. And God is the same. Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. So I need to, when I'm afraid, I know I'm not trusting him. When I'm worried, I know I'm not trusting him. I'm not there. My prayer is not for the problem there. My prayer is the problem I've created for myself, my fear. And once I can get rid of my fear and can come out of my... You see, that's what happened to Peter. He became afraid. Right? He became afraid. He saw the natural. He, he, he became afraid. And he said, fear is the lead for Satan. That's what... Once there is fear... There's nothing God can do anymore. There is no faith and God cannot operate. Jesus went into Nazareth and he says he could not do many signs in this place. Because, and he said he was amazed at their unbelief. And for that reason, he couldn't. See, God can heal somebody. Yeah, their unbelief hindered him. And I don't want my unbelief to hinder him. So I must say, God... Would you please help me? I take something and read, whatever it is, to bring me up to the place where God can freely walk through me. And when he walks through me or walks in this situation, I know where, who did it. The thing about God doing it is your faith gets stronger. Your faith gets stronger. When he's done it, your faith is even stronger. And what that means, if your faith is stronger... Your relationship with God is stronger. Your understanding of God is stronger. Because of what he had done. I don't waste my time time trying to understand it. I don't need to. I don't know how he made the world. But I know he did. I try to think about it. It's hard to think about. The expanse, the number of stars. You're telling me a star is bigger than the earth. And I look up, I see so many of them. And I'm wondering, it doesn't make sense. How can one person do all of this? <laughs> just let it be. <laughs> just say, He's awesome. He's great. And if he can do all of that, what's this little cancer that he cannot heal? That's not my message. I'll go back to my message there. Tonight I want to continue with uh, holding fast to what you have some time back holding fast holding fast in other words you're holding so strong you don't want to let it go so uh, I think you think I'm going to continue stand up (laughs) you got Isaiah 50 verse 4 and 5 you should okay good I was going to make you say it without looking at it. (laughs) Okay. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, and then verse 11. The way I read Revelation is different from most people, or some people, I should say, because the Bible says, blessed is the one who reads. So I read. 
and get whatever I can get from the book. I don't try to figure out what's going on and when Jesus is coming and when uh, things happen. I think in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 1, he says, it's not for you to know. And I accept that. I don't bother with it. (laughs) It's not for you to know the times and the seasons. The Father is putting his own power. I recognize that. And I'm not going to be telling you what's going to happen. And after that, I don't know. There's so much more to do in obeying him than to be focusing on that and trying to show people how much I know. I just don't waste my time with that. I live for him. So this is revelation. He says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. These things says he who is holy. So we know the one who is speaking to us, he's holy. Meaning there is no shadow of turning with him. He is holy. He is constant. He is also true. He's not going to lie to you. So right to this church, this is what I say. He who has the key of David. That's significant because the key of David opens all doors. In King Short, all doors. So he is the one who has the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts. And who shuts and no one opens. And then he said, I know your works. It's so important. God knows where you are, the things that you've done. The things that you fail to do. He knows everything about you. But with this church, he says, I know your works. And notice he's not talking about to an individual. We make the mistake. We're always thinking about us. God brought you here. God's dealing with us. That's why Satan wants to divide Christians. God's dealing with us. As a church, the assignment he's given to us. We are judged by him based on what all of us are doing. Not just the pastor. It's not by coincidence or you just felt like it to find yourself here in this church. No, this was planned before the world was. And you have to, like I said on Sunday, you have to find your place. And hold your place. You have a purpose. So he's talking to a church, not to an individual. This is whole group. And you can read in the Old Testament, he deals with the people of Israel. The whole Israel, he is his son. Israel is my son. Not the individual, the people, just the whole of them is son. The same thing is where God is still the same today. He deals with us as one. I know your works, he says. See, I want you to understand. Just look. I have set before you an open door. Say with me, I have an open door. God has set that for you. An open door. God will not open the door that doesn't have good things on the other side. That's not God. God said, see, I want you to understand and know. That's what he's saying. I want you to understand and know I have set before you an open door. And if that door is open, not, uh, not even Satan can close that door. No one can shut that door. See this look. I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have He gives you the reason. For means because. The reason I I set an open door before you is because or for you have a little strength and have kept my word. They kept his word. What does that mean? You received the word, you believed the word, and you are acting on the word. You receive the word as truth. You believe the word as truth. What you believe will show up in your action. If a man comes in all dressed crazy and he says, Hey, the, the house is on fire. The church is on fire. You turn around and look at him. You don't see no fire. You don't smell any smoke. You look at his dress. He looks crazy and he said, Pastor, uh, should we get him out? 
you don't believe him. However, if a man dressed in suit tie and walks in, hey, guys, this place is on fire. Guess what? Pastor, you stop talking. We're out of here. You believe him. What you believe will show up in your action. That's all I'm trying to say. What you believe will show up in the words you speak. That's what you really believe. So you receive the word, you believe the word, and it will show in your action. They have kept the word. Once you receive the word, it's yours. You act in on it, you've kept it. It's part of you. So they have kept his word. And for that reason, God says they are blessed. And you have not denied my name, he says. Then in verse 11, he says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have. The only thing that I know he said they have is the word. So no one take your crown. Hold fast what you have in verse 11, that no one may take your crown. What does that mean? When, you lay, when the word goes out of your life, a crown is a symbol of your authority, right? When the crown goes, you have no power as a Christian anymore. And that covers every area of life. And the only thing is you did, you let go of the word. You let go of the word. Let no one take your crown. No matter what the enemy says, you're holding on to his word. Even though your strength is small and you're still having some difficulty, you're saying, I still believe the word. I will confess what the word says. I am not letting go. Maybe somebody says, who do you think you are? It happened to brother so and so. So why should you think God would do something different? Well, I don't know about brother so and so. I know what God says. And I'm going to stay with what God says. And if he delivers me, fine. If he doesn't, I'll go down with his word in my heart. I'll keep it. That God has already promised, I have set before you an open door. That means if you keep the word, no one is going to hold you back. No one will prevent you from your miracle. The only way you will lose your miracle, you let the word go. Because the word is the producer of the miracles. You let the word go. So the thing to do is keep God's word. That's what is important. I, 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 I like to hear prophecies and all of that. But I judge prophecies based on God's word. I just don't receive anything. Somebody talks and tells me. I just talked to a pastor out of Nigeria after I came back. And he started by saying, I, I just saw you in a dream. First he told me he's an apostle. I said, young man, when did you get saved? I didn't tell him that, okay? <laughs> and he said, me, that's the trick word, you know. I'm an apostle. At first he says, this is apostle. And, and he thought I didn't hear. So he repeated himself. I said, well, I'm in for this. Whatever is coming. And then he said, I saw you in a dream. And you were talking to me. And you were telling me about your concerns. You're concerned about this and this. And you were talking to me in the dream that I should join you in prayer. I said, young man, please stop, 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 stop. I don't, I don't subscribe to stuff like that, please. I was very, very hard. Very hard. I cut him off quickly. Let, I'm not going. We're not playing these games. Okay, stop, stop it. Just don't go there. The question is. I've never met you. I've never met you. If I wanted to really discuss with him, I'd let him know something is wrong. Why would the Holy Spirit misrepresent my person and give you a lie? I'm not concerned about what you're talking about. I have not even thought about it. His thing was to bring me under, and then we have this conversation. I have this preacher in America. I'm telling him that. Uh, Cut it off, boy. Cut it off. Hey, is that a bad word? No kidding. <laughs> Just stop it. 
I told him, I said, you know, I've been saved for a while. At least at this time in my life, I should have learned a few things, okay? Don't start with me that way. I like prophecy. But when it's a lie, I can tell it's a lie. I cut you off. No game about it. Don't play with me. This is my life. This is my life. I stay with the word. And immediately I was giving him a few scriptures to let me know this doesn't have anything to do with me. Uh, that's your thinking. And you are not bringing me under your spell. Whatever you're trying to do, it's not working. And I cut him off. He was disturbing me for my morning prayer here. Okay? Hopefully I'll see him one day. I will tell him, if you don't stop this uh, stupidity, whatever you're doing, uh, you're going to make it, it's not going to be fine for you. Stop manipulating people. Lying to them in the name of the Holy Spirit. Why would the Holy Spirit tell you something that I don't even feel? And you want to make it so spiritual, I saw you in a dream. Cut your dreams off. Don't want to hear it. So what you have is the word. Never let go of the word. It doesn't matter what they prophesy. The Bible says the scripture is a more sure word of prophecy. It's a more sure word of prophecy. Don't give me no prophecy. You haven't even obeyed what the scripture said. Why would you be listening to what a man said? The scripture has more to say about your prosperity, security, and your finances. More in this book. You haven't believed what he says. You're looking for a prophet to tell you. They can confirm what I already know from the scripture. If I'm struggling some. But I don't need you to, to, to lead me through prophecy. As many as are led by the spirit of God. These are the sons of God. My father can talk to me. It's like me wanting to talk to... I'm getting digressing a little bit. <laughs> Not a little bit, much, right? <laughs> it's like I want to talk to Omar. And he's sitting right in front of me. And I said, Omar, tell him. Toju. So I mean, I want to talk to Toju. And I'm telling Omar. And Toju's looking, Daddy, hey, I'm here. Talk to me. Why do you have to talk through over to talk to me? You don't love me or something? But if he doesn't understand, I can tell Omar, can you talk to your brother? And speak his language so that he gets it. Oh, that's what daddy was saying. I get it now. Amen. I'm from another generation. He's from another <laughs> different generation. Talk his language, okay? God does it that way. But you already know. That's why I, you, you can't make me feel you're spiritual by doing that. You just brought yourself down. I've been there. I've seen all of that. That's the way it is for me. I've seen all of it. I don't believe you can be that spiritual. I respect men of God. But you won't make me respect you by giving me a prophecy. I know better. I know better. That's digression. Let me go back to the word. <laughs> okay. They had the word. And what pleased God, you kept my word. I know your works. The works were born out of the words they kept. I know your works. So when God puts his word in you, he is expecting works. And when you do the works, he sees he was born out of the word you have in you. And when you have that word in you, you have an open door. Does it mean that Satan won't come and try to resist? Yeah, but they come and they're trying to resist you. But uh, whenever he comes and he wants, to, wants you to stumble... You may have a little struggle. Uh, the best thing to do, raise your leg real high, climb up higher. And he's below you. Amen? He puts an obstacle again, you climb up higher. You're getting closer and closer to heaven. That's the issue here. You know the word. So keep the word. Like I left last time, the word of God is God's messenger. The word of God is God's messenger. 
everything God does, he does through his word. Jesus was the messenger, the father who sent me. He's always with me, he said. Over and over again, I said last time, he kept saying, my father sent me. I am not alone. The one who sent me is always with me. So when you carry his word, you are being sent by the word. And the one who sent you, he will always be with you. As long as you are doing what the word says, speaking the word. That's what they had. And Jesus said, let no one take your crown. Hold on to that. You have the word. The word is the messenger. If you read in Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word, and you can say he sent Jesus, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. He sent the word. He sent his capital word and healed them. When people get healed here, the Holy Spirit is confirming the word. The word heals. So the word can dispel your fear and anxiety. The word of God. Yes, the name of Jesus, that's part of the word. The word of God is named Jesus. Right? You shall call his name Jesus. And who is Jesus? He is the word of God. The name of the word of God is Jesus. According to the scriptures. So whenever you say the word Jesus, guess what you're saying? The word of God. That's the name. The name that's above every name is the word of God. Jesus. That's what the word tells us. He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them healing and deliverance together. The same word that was sent. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Everything that is trying to bring destruction to kill, to steal, and to destroy in your life, the word of God can nullify. Yes. The word of God. The trouble is we are not believing enough. We let our reasons and, and the, the thoughts of men and, and what's happening to our Christian brothers. That was one of the greatest fights. I'm still fighting it. Because sometimes you cannot explain. Here is a man, he truly loves God. And he, then he's struggling. He has a lot of gifts in different areas. But he's struggling. Or maybe even with a sickness and dying. We're thinking, oh my God, if it happened to Saint so and so, I don't stand a chance. I've decided I don't know them. I don't know what they believe. I don't. My wife knows me, but she doesn't know everything that I'm thinking. There's only one who knows. And he responds to what's happening there. I don't know these people. I'm not saying they are bad, but they may be strong in prophecy, but haven't given much room to understanding the other part of God. Maybe I'm in, in this area. I want to spread from there. That's why it's always good. Be around so that you hear other people. And, and then these things begin to grow. They interest you and you want to search it. And so your right hand is strong because you've been using it a lot. And soon as they talk about that, you show your big right hand. But what about the left hand you've not been using? It's still skinny. It's different. So I've got to strengthen every part. The whole word. The whole word of God. I don't understand it. So I focus on that till I get it a little bit. There have been times I listen to some people and I'm thinking, oh God, I have a long way to go. Because it's an area that I'm not very familiar. He says, I know it's there in the Word. But the way they know it, they don't know it that way. And I can admit. So I want to learn from this individual. What do you know? That's my own edification. I need to grow in that area. And the more you grow, before long, your heart is filled with those words. And before you know, it's coming out of your mouth. And you're telling people. And you wonder, and they say, where are you going with this? It becomes a part of you. Amen? And then God begins to work in that area. So you got the word with you. Don't forget the word. 
Never forget what God, he said. And God told, tell, tells us this in his word. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Scripture, we all know. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Again, we go back. And forget not all his benefits. So the word of God has benefits for us. The word has benefits. The death of Jesus left us with benefits. Your benefits is paid for by your employer, right? And so you enjoy your benefits. Now, when you're sick and you have benefits, you don't go back to your employer, right? You go get your treatment because you know you got benefits, right? And you use your benefits. Jesus purchased your benefits for you and you enjoy it anytime you want. And God says, don't forget it. He's there in the book. The promises are God's covenant. He says, God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. But he says, how God has blessed us with all of the, everything that pertains to life and, uh, to life and godliness, by which has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. So these benefits are in the form of promises. And the promises are found in his word. When I discovered the, ben- the promise, I discovered the benefit. And I don't have to go back to the master. I just act on the benefit. And you're going to go to the doctor with your benefit and you start struggling and say, I want to just feel like I have the benefit here. The doctor will say, what kind of a strange individual we have here? Give me the card. Let me find where, where we know you got benefits. You don't have to say, mm, I have benefits. You just speak the word. This is what I have. And I'm trusting God that it will work. Amen. That's what it is. Don't forget his benefits. He's strange in the church. Whenever God says not to forget something, that's the thing we are more apt to forget. Right? Once God says, don't forget it, it's gone. Don't forget his benefits. And the word is telling us, he forgives some of our iniquities, all of our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases until we hear the C word, the cancer word, and then we're scared, afraid. Because brother so-and-so, who was a saint of God, he had cancer and he died. And me, I don't pray as often as brother so-and-so. I don't stand the chance. Brother so-and-so is not the word of God. It's not your promise. I stay with the promise. He has his assignment. I have my own assignment. I'm not ready to go and I'm not going his way. He may have finished his work. God may, may be calling him home. But me, I'm not ready to go. And I'm not afraid of this C word. That's why we make it here. We stand up and make the confession. We don't want cancer here. And you think we're playing games. But until you are converted and become as children, you will never enter into the kingdom of God. Children don't care. If you teach them, we don't, we don't in our house, we don't have that kind of disease here. They'll believe you. And when they talk to their friends, and their friend says, cancer, no, mommy told us we don't allow cancer in our house. And they say, your mommy told you that? Are you normal in your house? Where did you get that from? But they believe you, right? And they speak those words. And guess what God does? He watches it. Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. Your children are saying it. You think he's displeased? No, he is very pleased. He protects his name. He knows what your children are telling everybody. And he knows that his name will be defamed if death happens. It won't happen in that family. Not as long as God is alive. It cannot happen. God is a person. He has feelings. He knows when his name is being blasphemed. He knows. He can hear it. And when your children boldly tell them, we don't allow that in our home, and that's not our portion, my mother told us that. 
and we, we believe. They believe you. Children, they don't care. They don't understand what you're saying. Is they hear the sea word, that's not for us. Something in them rises, that's for your family, not for our family. And guess what? It never happened in that home. If God can keep the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. When I meditated on that, that was astonishing to me. For 40 years, no child has a runny stomach. For 40 years. Think about it. It's good because nobody's talking sickness in the, in the community. Nobody didn't know what it was like to be sick. To talk about it. It was, in, it was not in their vocabulary. They didn't know what that was. Nobody talked about it. Never happened. Guess what? Like I said, people almost introduced themselves to me. Uh, Brother so-and-so, my name is this, and I am sick. So which one is your name? Charles or sick? That's what we say. And you say, I have, not saying not to say, I have cancer. Well, it's yours. What do you want me to do with it? These are some of the things that will come into that in this message. The way we speak. The way we speak. The things that come out of our mouth. We need to watch. Not the fear of, I can never say these things. I can say it, but God knows where my heart is. I say those things, but God knows I don't want to allow this. So it happens that way. He, he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He redeems your life from destruction. That means you cannot be destroyed. That's what the word says. Do you want to believe? Will you keep his word? He redeems your life from destruction. I was sharing with somebody. I saw from the word of God, Isaiah 54. He says, in righteousness you will be established. In righteousness you will be established. God has established me in his righteousness. And he's not asking for your opinion or what you think. In righteousness, I am not the one that establishes myself. He will establish me in righteousness. In righteousness you shall be established. Great shall be the peace of your children, he says. Not just they will have peace. No, they will have great peace. All your children will be taught by God. That's what God says. God says that. And so I see he can't lie. He's not bragging. He's just telling me the word. I want to keep that. Will they have troubles? Oh, yes. But that's a false symptom they have. Amen? That's a false symptom. And is this allowed? I will not accept it. Even if it lasts for a while. I'm not accepting it because it doesn't look like what I see in the scriptures. And it must line up to be what God says. Sometimes we talk this way and after worry, what if, why do you say this? What if it doesn't happen? It's not, it, it, everyone is fighting an individual fight, right? It's not a group race. It's not a group race. I don't have to pass something to you. Now you continue. I can rest. No, it's your individual race. Till he's over. So he tells us very clearly there. He redeems our life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed. Like the eagles. Uh, that part of scripture. I, that part. I just I love that part these days. I'm telling you. It's really good for me. <laughs> this is a great part for me. So you say. Kind of energetic and young. Amen? Pastor Larry, we love that scripture, right? <laughs> we can stay, and, and God keeps his word. He keeps his word. When you see a 90-something years old man, is still sharp and understanding the word of God and wants to go out. That's the strength of the spirit. You know what Caleb said at 80? He says, I want to join the Marines. In the United States, they say, Sir, how old are you? I'm 80 years old. Sir, you cannot join the Marines. I'm sorry. But 
Joshua said, uh, Caleb, he said, hey, I can fight just like these other guys. Nothing is diminished. He renews our strength. That was then, and Jesus is the same, yesterday, today, and forever. The only difference is we are not keeping his word. We are not keeping his word. Meaning we have not received it or embraced it, believed it, and we are not acting on his word. We listen to what everybody else is saying. And they are telling you, oh, you have lived this long. That's good long life. And so now I'm going to retire and ready to go home. No. Until I feel like I've finished what God asked me to do. I'm not going anywhere. And God doesn't have to apologize to some sickness to cut my life short or some accident. No. No accident can kill me. You will agree with me. Jesus, there was a plane crash. And Jesus of Nazareth was in the plane crash. And he died. Hey. If I preach that on Sunday, the next Sunday will be Angel and I here in the church. <laughs> Nobody will come and say, that man is crazy. <laughs> he said Jesus died in a plane crash. How can that happen? And Angel and I will really, how come you say something that crazy? See what you've done now. They're not coming back anymore. Look at what you said. How can you say Jesus died in a plane crash? But who is in your heart? John 14 verse 20. At that day, Jesus said, you will know that I am in the Father. You are in me. And I am in you. To the Father, you become like one. Will the Father have a problem with a plane crash? We know that. You need, that's what meditation does. See? You meditate based on God's word. And then after you meditate, you reason. And then you tell yourself, I don't think that's for me. Amen? You come to the conclusion. That's not for me. And once you arrive there, God, that word is said. You decree it. And guess what? It is established. It is established. So, God promised us that. Um, <laughs> when you get born again, I know the Bible says you receive a new spirit. And it says the old is gone, right? You are a new creature. I believe at the same time, you actually receive the new tongue. Amen? I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. Your tongue. If you receive a new life, your tongue and everything is new. You have also what I refer to as a born again tongue. And every time your tongue speaks like it's not born again, we should remind you that you've gone out of focus. You've missed the mark. Your tongue was born again. Your tongue was instrumental in your transformation when you got saved. Your tongue received something, the word of God, that transformed your life at the time that you got saved. And your words from that tongue can change lives. You know, I told Pastor Larry, that young man that was here on Sunday, he told me things that I didn't know. I had no idea things that happened for one year or two when I was in Nigeria. I mean, that was the first time I knew, I thought, just have this. It was much bigger than me. Now I realize this thing is bigger than us. You don't have to be there. I'm not going to go into details, but he told me things that really shocked me because I, I, I usually saw what I saw with my eyes. Your words... After you got saved, your words coming from your lips, when is this word, can transform a family. Can change the course of a family's life. By the few words that you spoke with your born again tongue. Their lives can be changed and transformed. 
and you changed the generation after that because you spoke what God gave to you and put in your mouth. That you believed and kept. Their lives changed. And then they will use the same words and change other lives. That's how this thing works. He's so dynamic. When the word comes into your heart, it transforms you and transforms everything about you. And your character is changed. Your person is changed. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creation means you are a new man. Different. Everything about you is new. That's what the Bible is telling us. We just have to believe that. You're a different person. You know, there's a scripture here. In, in Romans chapter 10, I saw that scripture very differently today. It says, but what does it say? What does it say? What does it mean by, what does it mean by the word it? What is it talking about? What does it say? This is talking about life and death. This is talking about eternity. In heaven or in hell. What does it say? And then it tells you the word. Can you get it? The word is near you. I don't see any word near me. You see the word is a person. It's Jesus. The word is near you. And where? In your mouth. The word is in your mouth. And in your heart. So the word of God in your mouth. When you hear the word of God, he says it's the word that we preach. The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So every time you hear the word of God, the word of God is doing something. Don't ask me. I don't understand it. I just have to accept it by faith. The word of God comes into your heart and the word of God is in your mouth. Ready to be released. Ready to be released. And some people don't release it. Whenever I hear somebody say to me, uh, my Christianity is private. I say, you are not a Christian. There is nothing like private religion. Nothing like that. It cannot be private. It has to be released for it to change your life. In other words, you believe it to the point where you are saying it. And you say it with confidence. Sometimes they think you're crazy. But when they see the result, then they start asking for prayer. Please say the same things you are saying for yourself, for me as well. That's what they're saying. But he says the word. The word is a principle God's giving to us. This great scripture is the word. Everything is by the word. The word is near you. It's surrounding you and in your mouth and in your heart. In other words, the word's consuming your life. But you've got to release it from your heart to your mouth for the transformation to take place. You kept my word. Therefore, I have an open door. Amen? You are acting on my word. Therefore, I have an open door. No one can shut it. Whether they like you or not, doesn't matter. When God opens, no one is going to shut it. Don't go with your feelings. It's what he decreed through his word. He says, the world even knows what you're thinking. Every thought, open, naked and open before him. The word with whom we have to do. Hey, you're making transactions with the word. That's what it is. It's transactions with the word. That's why I stay with the word. I love prophecy. I believe in them. I've had prophecies. I work with them. I remind God. This person has no reason for knowing that. That was my life. They spoke it to me. God is out to be fulfilled. It's for warfare. I talked to God about it. Paul said, the prophecies that have gone before you, Timothy, 
they were given by the laying of my hands in the words of the presbytery. They prayed for you. They spoke words of prophecy that by them, by what the prophecies, you might wage a good warfare. It's for warfare. People misunderstand it. There's a part that says it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. It comforts you to stay still till the word is fulfilled. But it doesn't lead me. It doesn't guide my life. If it does lead in you, you have very little understanding. Maybe one day you will understand before somebody takes advantage of you because of your ignorance. That's what it is. That's what it is. There was a time they did that to me. I wanted to hear. But I used to say prophecy to me. I know who I am. Based on the word. And you can't shift me from there. By the grace of God, I have been planted in the rock. Amen? Amen. He's kept me for so many years. Uh, I will be the one to uproot myself. Not what you think. It's him. Very important. The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we preach. That if you, if, if you confess, you see, you cannot say something convincingly when you don't believe it. You'll be afraid to say it. You'll be afraid you can't say it. And when you say it, people know you're not convinced. They can tell. But when you are convinced, you, it doesn't, you just like second nature. You just say it. And there's no fear in your heart. There's no concern whether this will happen or not to you. You got it. But you have to get there. That word is there. That if you confess with your mouth, not my mouth, your mouth. If, that's conditional. You have to do the confession and you won't confess it unless you believe it in your heart. But if you confess it with your mouth and you believe it in your, with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from whatever Satan is coming against you with. Sickness, disease, doesn't matter. Salvation, sozo, that covers everything. You will be saved. And your children. Your house. I like it to finally connect this scripture. He says to Abraham, In you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I thank God. Uh, my family was included in that. So my family, you guys get ready to experience blessings. Whether I'm here or not, uh, God doesn't lie. The blessings, whether you like it or not, is coming after you, son or daughter. Uh, it's going to be on your life. I believe what God says. Amen? It says it that it says that to us. God has raised him from the dead. Then he tells you a principle. When God says for, that's because. He tells you what will happen. Always see a law. That's as good as the law of gravity. It's as good. When the word of God says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you will be saved for he's giving you what the foundation of what I just told you. The law that is undergirding what I just told you. This is why it works. For with the mouth, with the heart, one believes well, unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You see, you can believe in your heart and you're righteous. But until you speak it, they won't see it in the natural. It's still inside of you. You see? And you're not speaking it because you are not really convinced. But once you start saying it, and you are flippant about it, heaven's listening. And that word will begin to transform your life. That's why the scripture says, uh, uh, Joshua 1 verse 8, This book of the law shall not what? Depart from your mouth. You meditate in it day and night. In other words, you mutter it to yourself day and night. And as you do that, the word begins to transform your life. So that you may observe to do all that is written in it. That's the only way you can observe to do it. When you mutter it to yourself. Think about it in your sleep. 
wake up this struggle that I have. How can I have this when God says this? Why is it different for me? What is going on? Where have I missed it? What am I doing wrong? God will answer you. I told myself there was not a person that asked Jesus a question and he didn't answer him. You read the scripture. Even when his enemies asked him. Except for Pilate, I'm quite sure. (laughs) For Pilate, he wouldn't talk to Pilate. But when Pilate asked, are you the son of God? He answered. Pilate said, they are accusing you. Say something. No, he's not talking about that. But when he asked a question that was pertinent, Jesus answered. He will answer you if he asks. He really will. I'm going to close with this because of time. I see that everything you believe must come out in your saying. I've been saying this over and over again. I pray that everybody here will understand this. It's so important. It's not like it's against the law for you to say something negative. We don't live by the law. So as I just said, oh God, please forgive me. No, I know where my heart is. And he knows where my heart is. But I believe the word and I keep saying what the word says. Most likely when I'm alone and no one is there between me and my father. I remember that scripture. He says you seek your father in secret, right? And he will do what? He rewards you openly where everybody can see the results. But they don't know what you're doing in secret. It's between you and your father in secret. So I can say those things in secret between me and him. And then you see what he's doing out there. It's always what you say. I didn't realize it. You see the word and you say it. Even when your heart doesn't agree with it. Because you don't understand it. But one day it comes out of your mouth. And the father speaks to you. And gives you a revelation. Uh, you'll be shouting. You can't wait to get to church. To tell your, your, your Christian brother or sister. And I say. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what are you talking about? Because they haven't got it yet. Amen. This is what it says. Jesus said it's because of your unbelief. To this, to the disciples. I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, what will happen? You will say. You will say. If you are not saying, there is no faith. If you really keep the word and you believe it, you say something. You say something. I realize that. If I'm afraid to say it because I don't want people to see like I said it and it didn't happen, I'm still afraid. I'm still not sure. That's the truth. All of us know that's the truth. You won't say it. Especially Christians, you don't want to lie, right? So you, I'm not going to say that because I really don't believe that. You won't say it. But once you say it boldly from your mouth, you believe it. Those 12 spies, the 10 of them, they knew what they believed and they said what they believed. The other two, they said what they believed as well. They all saw the same thing, but they all saw it differently. What they believed is what came out of their mouth. One of the, one group was filled with fear. The other one, the other group saying they are like butter for us. We cut them with a hot knife. We kill them all. And they would say, did we all see the same thing and you guys not? That's the difference. When God shows you it, you say it. If you have faith, even if it's small, you will say it. And if you don't say it, nothing will happen. You say to this mountain because you have the belief. That's what God is giving to you. Hold fast to what you have. So no one takes away your crown. Stand up with me tonight. I've got pure long. Forgive me. But you still remember, like somebody told me, you have to love me, you know? <laughs> you have to love me because God has commanded you to love me. Even when I offend you, you can forgive me even before I ask for forgiveness. That's being a real Christian, right? <sighs> and please understand, when I'm talking by the grace of God, not a rebuke. I'm trying to help 
what God has shown me. The mistakes I have made in my life and still make a lot of mistakes. I have to go for my mistakes. No rebuke. Every one of you truly loves. I love you. What I know is what I know. But I'm firm. And when I hear something different, I get very upset inside. It's just the way it is. Don't mean to disrespect the pastor in Nigeria. I just will not go with him that way. I just cut it off. We'll talk about it later. In love, okay? In love. Would you lift your hands up tonight? And this is important to us. Basically, you're saying, I'm surrendering today. I've heard your word. I know you heard God's word tonight. You already know what I'm saying. Most of you, you already know. I'm reminding you what you already know. What God is saying, now develop the strength and say, yes, I'm going to do what the word says. I'm going to act on it. And I'm going to see results. doesn't matter. We all have his righteousness. No one is more righteous than the other. All of us have the same righteousness with God. And God is going to walk through every one of us. That's my dream for the Ark Fellowship. Every member of the Ark Fellowship. We do signs and wonders. I and the children that God has given to me. We are for signs and wonders on the earth. That's who we are. Father, I want to thank you tonight. Thank you for your word that gives us life. Your word that enlightens us. That gives us wisdom and knowledge. You said we should commit our ways to our God, to you. And you will direct our path. And God, you always lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And that's where we are tonight. Let your word take root in our hearts. And give us the grace to stay with your word, to, to hold fast to your promises and to live by them. We thank you for your love for, for us and your love for this congregation and those that you are sending here. May we have the understanding that you are sending them to us and that we, that we might receive them just as you will receive them and help them. Not judge them, but help them. Correcting them in love. That's your will for us, God. I pray for this whole congregation. And even for our church in, in Calvert. That the same goes for that church. That we will reach out to people and help them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you.